0: All right. Good morning, Christ. Do thou shalt not. I mean, it was like one of those kind of moments. You know what I'm saying?
1: Now, is that a good rule? Is that a good law? Yeah. She's about to go kiss an outlet. That's etched in stone. It is a law from now on in our house. You cannot do that. Uh, other examples of rules in our house. You know, God had dietary laws about what you can and cannot eat, in, 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 had to do with sanitation, how, all these sort of things. Really interesting laws that we actually uh, do in our own lives. So one of our laws in our household is that my wife helped encourage us towards healthy living and healthy eating. And as part of that, you need to eat a protein and a fruit and a vegetable with every meal. My daughter does not like this rule either. When we give her peas and corns for breakfast, she's looking at that saying, You got to be kidding me. We're like, It's the law. You got to eat it. It's good for you. Look, I'm doing it. And that's because these laws, these rules that we place upon our daughter, are meant and intended the same way that God's laws are meant and intended to foster, preserve, and protect life. Sanitation. God's, God's law has a lot of sanitation laws. You know what another good law is? Three baths a week. That's a good law for everybody. Okay? Because it fosters and protects and preserves life. My wife and I are actually expecting a second child. Uh, we're very excited. In August, we're going to be welcoming another little... Yeah we're jazzed. It's a good thing. We're super pumped. We're super excited. And so we actually had to institute a new rule and a new law in our household, and that is no uh, pig pile, dog pile on mom. You can't go jumping on mom no more. You have to preserve and protect mom and preserve and protect the life within mom. And if my daughter were to just go Geronimo on top of mom if she were to break the rule that introduces into her life and the life of our family potentially devastating hurt and pain and tragedy. You see, rules help protect us from the pain and the hurt and the tragedy that lies in wait. It helps keep at bay those destructive forces that are at work in this world. You all know this. Because at one point or another, you've probably broken a rule. And in that moment, you introduced into your life, into a relationship, into some facet of of your experience... A measure of brokenness, pain, and hurt. When you break the rules about relationships, when you break the rules about we, we interact and morality, it introduces pain and hardship, not only for ourselves, but often for other people even. And so God, in his wisdom, in his understanding, said, look, I want what's best for you as your God and as your Father. And so I'm giving you these, these rules, these guidelines, and saying, look, you've got to do things this way to preserve and protect you from the destructive forces in this world. Because my heart as God is for your well-being. My heart as your Father is for your success and your life to go well. And so God gave us These rules for healthy, wise, vibrant living. That's the first reason we even have rules. Rules exist to preserve life. When we break the rules, we introduce death and destruction. Pretty straightforward. This leads us actually, interestingly, to kind of two types of people. People who knowingly break the rules and just say, the heck with it, I'm going to do things my own way. I'm living life my way. I'm going to forget your rules, forget your whole thing. I'm just doing my own thing. And they knowingly break God's rules, government rules, house rules. They're so selfish and self-absorbed that that's the direction they go. Maybe you've been there. Probably have, at one point in time or another. There is also another set of people that become so infatuated with the rules that they begin to define their life and their God by the rules God gave. You see, sometimes, because God gave us these rules, uh, different people who seek to please God or do things God-way eventually become so obsessed With the rules, they begin to forget the heart of God who gave the rules. It's all about the rules. Everything and anything is about jumping through specific hoops to make God happy or make other people happy. Their life becomes defined by their ability to fulfill or live into the rules. And when they break a rule, they are shackled with guilt and shame. And there is hurt and destruction introduced in their life merely by the weight of their own failure and the knowledge that they failed. For a lot of people, they begin to so be defined by the rules that when they look in the mirror, they begin to hate themselves for the sense of failure. The sense of guilt that they feel weighed down, burdened by the rules. Maybe you've been there too. You see, in the Jewish people and in the Jewish life, that's what took place. That's what happened. In the Jewish tradition, they became so defined. Their life and their God, so defined by the rules everything became about the rules to a point where they began to worship the rules instead of the God who gave the rules. Enter Jesus. By the time Jesus came along, things had gotten so bad, people were so obsessed with the rules, which you can and cannot do that Jesus looks at this and he he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. One place where he talks about this comes from Matthew. He says this in Matthew. He says Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples the Teachers of the religious law, and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. And so there are people out there who are preaching and teaching God's rules, God's law. These would be religious priests, modern day pastors, right? These are people who know God's law and share it with people. Practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example because they don't practice what they preach. You see, they end up crushing people with the unbearable religious demands, and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. You see, the the people of that day were so defined by the rules, they had begun to worship the rules so much so that they layered on top of anyone who would listen these religious demands... And that became a barrier for people understanding who God really was. They began to preach and teach a killjoy joy God. A God who defines everything according to the rules. So the Jewish people were stuck in this place of worshiping the rules rather than their own God. Now, the irony of this is that those preachers and teachers, the Pharisees and Sadducees, that's what they were called, the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were were doing this, the irony is they were breaking the very first rule. They were so adamant about following the rules, they began to worship the rules. And when you begin worshiping the rules, you're breaking the first rule. Of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt worship no other gods, only the one true God. You shall have no other gods but the God. And so because they had begun to try to follow the rules to such a point where they had knocked God out of God's position, they were breaking the very rules they were trying to uphold. Does that make sense? You tracking? That's how bad and messed up things got. It also means, even as we strive to follow the rules, live these perfect lives, which we don't, it becomes impossible because the, we, we apply ourselves so much so that we break the rules by trying to follow the rules. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so the bottom line happens with whether you are breaking the rules openly or whether you are breaking the rules by trying to follow the rules so adamantly, thus breaking the rules, the bottom line is everybody breaks the rules one way or another. It is a level playing field. We all messed up. We all broken. We all got issues. We all at one point or time or another have failed to live life God's way. And we know that because if we take an honest, good look in the mirror, we can recall and recount moments in our life where we have broken rules and introduced pain and hardship into our life, into the lives of others too. This happens in our relationships within our own family, parents and children's. Marriage. We do this in our marriage relationships. Coworkers, friends. When we break the rules and we we, we we introduce that pain and that hardship, we can take an honest look at our life and we realise we can't do this right. Even when we try our hardest, we can't seem to get things right. Where does that leave us? Well, it's pretty bleak, for one. Fortunately, the God who gave us the rules about preserving our lives, remember, his heart is to preserve and protect your life. God desires what is best for you. That's why he gave the rules in the first place. And if the rules and following the rules can't and won't accomplish it, it means that you and I are utterly, totally, completely dependent on God to preserve our lives. Because the whole rule thing didn't pan out. We are totally, utterly dependent on Upon God to preserve, to protect, to foster and nourish life in us. Because we can't do it ourselves. This is why God sent Jesus Christ. To preserve and protect and restore to you life. Because you couldn't do it on your own. So the rules actually do another thing that's really good. They make us aware of our need for Jesus. That's what they do. By recognizing and acknowledging our shortcomings and our inability, we turn to a God for rescue. Jesus talks about this as well. You see, when Jesus came, Jesus didn't hang out with perfect people because there are no perfect people. So he went and he hung out with broken people, messed up people, messy, messy people, sinners, tax collectors. That's the way the Bible describes it. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the disciples. You guys know the 12 disciples? If you've heard about the 12 disciples, Jesus came. They're a bunch of fuddy-duddies. I mean, you read the Bible. They're a bunch of morons. I'm just calling it what it is. These guys, they're like stumbling through life, doing the best they can. They got this whole rule thing going on, but they know. It's just, it's like, what? They're broken people, and they do all sorts of stupid and silly things. They make mistakes. It's what gives us, the disciples of today, hope. Because God, through Jesus Christ, gathered with, broke bread with, ate, and spent time with people who needed to be saved, who needed his protection and his love, people who needed his help to foster and encourage life. Jesus himself says it like this, I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. You see, the rules that God gives us are meant to foster life, but because we don't follow them perfectly, it takes God himself, in his person, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, to foster life. Life even after destruction and death. You see, God's heart is so adamant and so, so, so dedicated to you and your well-being, He wants so badly for you and your life to be fruitful and joyous and and, and everlasting that He came in person to ensure that your life would be fostered, nurtured, vibrant. He came in the person of Jesus Christ. He, he, He even gave up His life so we could have life. Jesus not only preached and taught that the rules are good, but that the rules leave us needing God. Jesus himself gave up his life so that we would no longer be defined by the rules. We are defined by Jesus Christ. We are not defined by our ability or, rather, inability to fulfill some set of a perfect life. We're not shiny, perfect people as Christians. No, that is not the God we preach. This killjoy God that weighs people on scales according to what they have and have not done. That's karma. That is not what we preach. We preach Jesus Christ his life, his death, and his resurrection for the sake of you and me. We preach that even as Jesus was literally being killed from the cross would speak over the rule-breakers, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's your God. You do not have a killjoy God you ever kill Jesus? A God who would sacrifice himself to preserve and protect and ensure your life and well-being. That's how much he loves you. That's how far he will go to forgive you. The, the amazing thing about this whole... It, it's it is, The gospel is amazing. We are no longer defined by this prescription of rules, but we are defined by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We are claimed in the waters of baptism. We are adopted into God's family and made heirs of what Jesus Christ has won for us. And because we're there... We get to follow the rules because it's just smart. He, 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 he has dedicated his life to you, and now he gives you the choice and the opportunity and says, you know, it's still probably really smart to do the whole Ten Commandments thing. Yeah. You are not defined by the rules, but you have the opportunity to embrace and partner with God in protecting and preserving your life and the lives of those around you by living into doing life God's way. You're free from having to be utterly defined by following the rules, and now you simply get to choose. Choose. You get to choose, am I going to live life God's way? Boy, that makes sense, Jesus says. You will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. When you follow my teachings, when you live into doing things God's way, life goes well with you. I know in my own life, I genuinely want to follow the Ten Commandments because I genuinely believe life is best lived, nurtured, fostered, and encouraged in my life and in the lives of you and those around us if I live according to those principles and purposes. If I live under the rulership of Christ and what He says... Life will go well with me and others. So I willingly, not because I have to, but because I want to, subject myself to the life that God says, this is smart. This is just smart. It's wise to live God's way. That means in my marriage, I don't have to follow any prescribed rules because I have to. I choose to, because I want to have the best marriage I can possibly have. So I'm going to have my marriage go God's way. Money, same thing. I want my money to be done God's way. Because I genuinely believe if I do it God's way, it's going to go well with my life. Relationships, friendships, work. I apply myself at work. I push myself at work. I care about what I do. Not because I win some award. Not because I earn God's love. Not because I have to follow a rule. But because I genuinely believe that we as a church body, we as God's people, can foster and encourage Life, And I want to do that. So I accept the invitation God has. And it's the same one that He extends to you. You are forgiven. You are loved. And you are invited to do life God's way. Because you want to foster life. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for the gift of the Ten Commandments. Thank you for the gift of rules and understanding and principles and purposes and morality, things that lead us to live life your way. Thank you for helping us rightly understand the rules, not as a way to earn your love or earn right standing before you, not because we... Have to, but because we want to, we choose to live this way because we believe it fosters and encourages life. We choose it because we know that you have gone to great lengths to foster and encourage and protect and preserve our lives. So much so that you, in the person of Christ, would sacrifice your life that we might have life after death. You freely give us your grace, your kindness, your compassion, your forgiveness. You freely work for our good. Thank you. Help us live into the life that you have given us, the life that you encourage us to live. Help us live life your way, free from the rules and yet subjects of your kingdom and your work. We commend this into your hands, trusting in your grace. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. We're going to sing one more song in response um, to the message this morning, and it's one that actually several people in the congregation had um, brought to my attention and I've kind of fallen in love with. Um, It's called Reckless Love. You may have heard of it before. Um, and the word reckless, um, it's interesting this morning that we're introducing it this morning with the whole rule thing. Because in this song, it doesn't mean reckless like destructive, um, because we know that God is not that way. But it talks it's meaning reckless as in he continues to pursue us in the ways that Pastor Andrew just described. Um, the cost that he took and the way that after we uh, break his rules, he continues to um, to pour out his love for us and uh, pursue us. And so I invite you guys to stand with us. We'll try it together this morning. Yeah.